Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of Bars to the Bar. On this episode, I'm going to break down the law school admission cycle, and all the advice that I'm going to give is what I did when I was applying to law school and college and what advice I would give myself if I can go back in time. But I do understand that people take a gap year, um, maybe work for a little bit and then go to law school. So every plan to law school is obviously different and you have to do whatever works best for you. But if you're thinking about law school and you're in college right now, maybe some of the things that I did could be helpful to you. And maybe some of the things I didn't do that I know now that I wish I did could also be helpful. So where I am in my life right now, I just got my fall trimester grades and I'm really happy with my performance in torts and civil procedure. Um, Civil procedure was definitely a struggle all trimester long, but I'm happy with the result. I'm extremely happy with my grade in torts, but my two classes that I struggle with definitely more than those other classes on um, legal research and legal writing. I didn't do as well as I wanted to, but it gives me room to improve. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited that we have trimesters. So there's two more opportunities this year to really do the best I can and raise that GPA to where I want it. Um, obviously, I understand this is the first trimester and I didn't expect to get straight A's. But I mean, there was a little bit in my mind that I was hoping I did, but I understand like there's so much room and so many, so much more time to improve. Um, but I am happy with how I did in those two classes. So there's a lot, little bit to celebrate, but definitely a lot to improve on and move forward with. So we're going to jump right into my breaking down of the law school admission process. Um, so I knew I wanted to go to law school probably my whole life, but it wasn't until junior year second semester after I got back from abroad that I really started to come up with like a game plan of how I was going to attack law school and what I was going to do. And my game plan that I had originally changed a little bit um, depending on some factors with the LSAT. Um, But I'll just go through what I kind of did and what I wish I did differently. So I originally took the LSAT for the first time in July of my junior summer of my junior year. And so that means I really started studying Um, about April or May of junior year. But what I wish I did was I wish I took the prep course my junior year as opposed to taking the prep course my senior year. And I think that if I flip-flopped the two, it would have been a much better result just because I was... I was so, so, so thin, spread so thin my senior year that the LSAT class was really more of a hassle than it was um, help. So I think that if I swapped that and did the LSAT course junior year before the first time I took the LSAT, I think it would have been a little bit more productive. But the thing with the LSAT, which was a little tricky when I took it, was it was the first time that the LSAT was online. So I actually was lucky enough to take a paper version of the LSAT in July. Um, which I think it would have been better if I took the online version because that's what it would have been for the future. But junior year is really the time, the end of your junior year is really the time I would say to make a list, to take as many practice LSATs that you can before you take the first LSAT. Obviously you want to take, there's so many different prep courses for the LSAT and that they cost kind of a lot of money. Um, I know Kaplan has one, Kaplan's one I did. Um, and there's a few other ones that are online, the LSAT Max. Um, and the best thing I would say to do before you sign up for a prep course, if you even want to take a prep course, a lot of students will just buy a book. I got the book, the LSAT Trainer. Um, a lot of people have written in to the LSAT Trainer and said they got a perfect score because of that. I <laughs> did not get a perfect score, but I thought the LSAT Trainer was a really helpful guide. So I definitely recommend that. But 
before you take any of these prep courses or buy a bunch of LSAT prep books, just go online and take the free LSAT. There are so many resources. Khan Academy has a whole class that you can take for the LSAT. So the LSAT is comprised of five sections, all multiple choice. Um, there's logical reasoning, which is two sections, analytical reasoning, reading comprehension, and then there's an unscored variable section, which can be any of those sections, and you don't know which one is unscored. And then there's also a writing sample to kind of just make sure that your writing matches up with the writing that you're submitting to the law schools. So my biggest advice for the LSAT is to take a bunch of practice tests and figure out which section you're struggling with the most because that's gonna be the section that you have that you're gonna be able to raise your score the most. The sections that you're really good at naturally, you're probably not gonna raise your score that much. And if you do, it's really not gonna be that big of a factor. So for me, logical reasoning and analytical reasoning were a little harder than the reading comprehension, but the logical reasoning, the logic games were kind of the hardest thing for me. So I did focus on them more than I did the other sections, but I didn't necessarily soul in on that one section. And I kind of wish I did because logical reasoning, those logic games really, really, really messed me up. And I think I just took so much time on two out of, I think it was like two out of the five sections that I had during my last LSAT. And that really slowed me down. I kind of lost momentum. Um, but the LSAT definitely is, it's a, it's a beast and you need to devote a lot of time to practicing those kind of questions, practicing the time conditions. Um, I really, I was pretty, really good at the reading comprehension part. So I know I need to practice that. But like I said, in a little reasoning, logical reasoning, you really need um, to practice your weak sections. You can raise your score as much as you can. Um, my score honestly didn't fluctuate that much with the Kaplan prep course. Um, I didn't do, I did a few points better than I did when I just studied on my own. So it really all depends on personal preference, but you need to be able to devote time every single day to doing practice questions. I would say twice a week, do a full practice LSAT. Um, I only did a few practice LSATs with my study partner at the time, Mara, but I wish I could go back and do more. It's just, I think I spread myself, like I said, too thin senior year and I just put so much on my plate. So with that being said, if you take the LSAT and you're happy with your score in the summer, either in June or July, you can have your score in about six weeks and then you're able to submit your applications right away. So I think I kind of put myself at a disadvantage because when I um, was gonna set to submit my November LSAT scores, all of my other application materials were set, my letter of recommendations were set, my writing samples were set, the personal statement, but I didn't have the LSAT score, so I couldn't press submit. I didn't feel comfortable pressing submit until I knew everything was in that application. So I didn't end up pressing send on my applications until January 2nd of last year or January 1st. I can't remember, to be honest with you. Um, and that's when I submitted all my applications. But with law school, the earlier you submit, the better, especially if you want to submit um, to a score or a decision. You Obviously, those, are, uh, those deadlines are usually um, middle of November. But deadlines with law schools all depend. So it really helps when you're applying to law school, especially different law schools across the country. Um, you want to make sure that you keep track of everything. You want to be organized and that'll just lead you for success down the road. Um, so once you figure out like what your LSAT plan of attack is, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. The applications um, aren't necessarily hard. They're similar to college applications. But the one thing I want to talk about now is the personal statement. So when I was looking up um, past people's personal statements and what personal statements got them into the, this top 25 law school and blah, 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 blah. But the one thing that I kept on seeing is you need to focus on your why. Why law school? Why this? Why, why are you doing what you want to do? So I focused my personal statement 
on why I want to be a sports agent and why I think that my background in college and my experiences have propelled me to this career path that I need to pursue law school as a way to become a sports agent. So I focused on when I went to the Rhode Island sports agent um, seminar and how I met with, I connected with him and my work obviously um, with the basketball team and really made it focused and I made it really, really personal and how the relationships with um, the players have led me to this career. So it was super personal um, and it really, I, kind of tried to tie in as much as I can how that relates to being a lawyer and the first draft that I wrote and before I went to um, the Providence College pre-law advisor it was kind of me explaining why why I was a theology major why I was a health policy major and why this relates to sports law and obviously that's really hard to do um, if you like not sitting down and having a conversation about it because it's kind of like it, it doesn't really relate but in my mind it does so I'm trying to connect all these things and the pre-law advisor was just like you need to stop like this has nothing to do with why you want to go to law school this just tries to explain yourself and there's no need to explain why you studied what you studied like you studied what you studied now you want to go to law school like you don't have to justify that do any of that he said you need to focus on what it means to be a manager because like i have no idea what that means i want to know how being a manager has translated into you wanting to be a lawyer so i think with your personal statement you just obviously have to make it as personal as possible but relate it back to your why in law school and it was pretty interesting because on the first couple days of orientation at elon uh, one of our speakers was like i want you to print out your personal statement keep it on your desktop and kind of when you're struggling in law school when you're really really struggling with a case brief go back to that personal statement and go back to your why and i did that and there have been a few times where i've just been really overwhelmed that i have read through my personal statement and i've just kind of re-inspired myself and re-reminded myself why i'm doing what i want like i'm doing what i'm doing right now and i think that that advice was super helpful and i'm glad i did that um, and I'm also glad that I spent so much time rewriting, -re rewriting, rewriting the personal statement. I think I had like eight different drafts, but I was so happy with the product that came out. And just last thing that I'm going to say, which is pretty obvious, but I'll say it anyway, is if you're applying to multiple schools, obviously you want to tailor that personal statement to that school. What is the one thing at that school that you just can't go on the website and find. But if you talk to a admissions counselor, if you talk to a student, what is that one thing that you're really interested in? For example, when I applied to Marquette Law, they had an intramural sports law competition. So at the end of my Marquette Law application, I talked about how I played a ton of intramural sports, how I think it's so amazing they have this intramural sports competition, how I would love to participate in. Now that's not something necessarily that you can just go on the website and find, but because of like the experience that I had at PC with intramurals, I think that it kind of tied together. I think that was a really good touch as well. So that's just a little tip um, for the personal statements um, as well. So your junior year, you want to really have your personal statement and your law school date and your law of uh, the LSAT, excuse me, the LSAT date ready to go so that by the time you start your senior year, you're going to have so much other things going on that you want to have the law school applications ready to go as soon as you can. And I think that one thing with narrowing down schools, um, I know I focused a lot on a ton of people who I talked to who are lawyers kind of told me this advice, like you want to go to the best school that you get into. And I think that there's some truth to that. If you obviously go to the quote unquote best school you get into, you're bound to get a better job. 
um, and better opportunities. But I don't think that's necessarily the case in every situation. I think if you, I truly believe, I said this with college too, that if you go to a school um, and maybe you're not necessarily in love with it, but you work really hard and get the best grades, you're going to have really great opportunities. And if, if you're at the top of the class at a lower law school, you're still going to have a decent amount of opportunities. Yes, you won't have maybe the same opportunities as a top 25 law school, but it's up to you to really build yourself up and kind of make your experience how you want it based on how much more effort you're going to put in than your classmates. So I think that there's some truth to going to the best school, but there's also a little bit, I believe, if you have grit and you work really hard, it doesn't really matter what school you go to. If you're, if you're at the top of your class and you're um, president of some club that you're really, really into and you're making a difference and you're doing stuff, like you're going you're gonna to be fine. It's all about um, connections at the end of the day. But I think looking back at my law school process, I kind of um, really didn't know where I wanted to go. I applied to schools all across the country. Um, I wasn't really set on a place. And I think that the hardest part, um, this is Corona aside, but the, long, the hardest part is just like not knowing and constantly waiting. And when I send my first round of law school applications out in January, a lot of the schools definitely were reaches as they call them in college, that schools that were a little above um, my LSAT. GPA was okay, but LSAT definitely a little above. And I didn't hear back from those reaches, for a very long time when I did hear back from them, a few of them I got waitlisted at, a few of them luckily I got into, but it was a very long time between January and April. Um, yes, the pandemic obviously affected everything and everyone, but the law school process in general just takes a while to hear back. Um, some people, I, I remember I would like constantly check like Reddit and law school admission blogs to kind of see where my application was at. And you obviously don't want to be that student that's contacting the admissions office and being like, oh, do you have an admissions decision yet? Like, you can't do that. But when I was waiting and waiting and waiting, I would read these like, horror stories, I'll call them. Um, they're not really horror stories, but of people getting accepted um, the day of orientation, like someone dropping out of the class at these like top law schools and having to move across the country just to go to this law school. So the biggest thing for me was like, I don't want to be in that position where I have no idea where I was going until um, the day before law school, until August. I, I knew I didn't want to do that. So when I got my um, admissions decisions, I narrowed it down to about three places, three different law schools. And I kind of gave myself a few days to kind of figure out. There was really no rush to decide. I think Elon gave me until I want to say June 15th. Um, I could be totally wrong. I don't know what when they said that I had decided for the scholarship. But they gave me some kind of deadline, but I kind of gave myself a deadline way before that and was like, okay, like sit down, let's pro and con list all these schools. Let's figure out what would make the most sense um, for me and what's the best fit for me. And Elon was never on my radar, um, but it kind of, when I weighed all the factors, it kind of just really made sense for me. It made sense that I, I should go away for school. Um, it would be really difficult for me to be home and do school with everyone else being home. Um, and I was lucky to be in person. I knew I needed that in-person environment. I fell in love with the residency program. Um, there's so many things that I really didn't know that I wanted until I saw that they had. And I was like, okay, like this sounds like, like this sounds like a better fit for me. Um, so Elon was part of my second round of applications um, when I didn't hear back from a lot of places. Um, I would say in about March or April is when I kind of was like, oh, at middle, I think it was like the beginning of March. Um, 
I don't know, to be honest, I think it was middle of March when I kind of was like, okay, let me send out a new wave of applications. Let me send out some other places I didn't necessarily think of first, but I'm willing to think of now just because I was so anxious and so nervous that I didn't know what I was going to do. And I think, especially since I've been wanting to go to law school my whole life, um, to not like to have people settled around me and they knew where they were going. And I really had no idea because I just haven't heard back from anywhere yet is really an unsettling feeling because I hadn't, I haven't got denied at that point yet. I haven't got waitlist at that point yet. I haven't got admitted. It was just pure nothing. And then when I had my Elon interview at the end of March, I kind of felt a little bit better because I actually got to talk to someone in the admissions office. Um, I did my junior year. I talked, I met with the Dean of Seton Hall. I toured Seton Hall my junior year. And obviously everything changed with Corona, but I was able, when I was able to talk to the Elon admissions director and kind of have like that conversation and he'd tell me all the things that Elon um, had been doing, we bonded over basketball. That's when everything kind of clicked for me. And I was like, okay, like if I get in here, I think this might be a good fit. I think it'd be kind of cool to live somewhere that I haven't, um, a different part of the country and kind of experience law school um, a little bit further away from home, but still like want to have that focus in mind that I want to work in New York, that I want to move back here. Um, and I kind of asked him point blank. I was like, just most of your students want to work in North Carolina. And he said, yes, but it's not like it's uncommon for students um, to go or they to either do the residencies abroad or go back to where um, they're from and practice there. So it all kind of worked out for me. Um, it's no secret if you know or talk to me the first, the first couple of weeks were hard. Um, I did think about like transferring and wanting to be closer to home, but with time, everything got better. And I do really, really like where I'm at. I'm not transferring. Um, I think that there's lots of opportunities that Elon has since it's a newer school, a lot of opportunity for growth. And I think that it's just a really good environment. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that you should look at when you're looking at law schools is like what kind of environment um, are they fostering there? What are the two L's and three L's doing? What's their job placement look like? Um, what are the professors, how, how helpful are the professors, like what's their academic um, success office like? There's so many things that I did not think um, at the time when I was looking at law schools were important, but they've turned out to be such amazing resources to me now. And I think that it's because I'm like a different student in law school than I was in undergrad. Like in undergrad, I never went to office hours. I never luckily had to meet with an academic success um, coach. I never felt like the need to kind of reach out to those people um, just because like I, I wasn't necessarily struggling. Um, but in law school, like there's a lot of steps that I'm taking, meeting with TAs and just kind of doing like that extra step um, just to kind of make sure I'm like grasping all like the materials. So I think that since I'm like a different student, I wasn't looking at those things and I'm so fortunate that Elon is such a small community and they're like, there's like have all these great resources that I definitely will be continuing to use um, in the next trimesters. But I think the biggest um, thing that I, if I could go back and kind of redo my applications and relook at law schools, I would say is just to really make the LSAT your number one priority, because I think that's what shot me in the foot at a few places. Um, and there's really nothing you can do there, like that you can't really justify um, having like a lower score. Like you can't say, oh, I had a bad day, like whatever. But like if you, if you work your ass off on the LSAT and practice, 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 it's not impossible to do well in a lot, a lot of people every year do. And you just need to get within the range of the school. Um, and if you're like above that range in that range, there's so many scholarship opportunities. So I think that 
obviously GPA is super important, but really focusing on the LSAT. I would say your junior year, or if you take a gap year, really making the LSAT your number one priority if you're working, um, just making sure like you get the best possible grade that you can because that will open up so many doors and so many opportunities um, because that's just the way the law school game works. You have a higher LSAT, have opportunities to get into the higher schools, um, and that will obviously come with on-campus interviews and all of that. But I think that reflecting on just the first semester as a whole, um, there's a few things that I did that I will definitely continue to do, um, outlining early, making sure there's a specific day that I'm just focusing on outlines alone, um, taking a night off, whether it's Friday or Saturday, to just not do anything law school related, um, but still making sure that if you're going to do that, like you need to make up for it other times of the weekend. So I'm going to continue to schedule, continue to do that, continue to like get back on an exercise routine. I think that's so important. I think I kind of let myself go during the holidays and being home, um, but kind of getting back into that routine. I'm really looking forward to that and just making more healthy choices um, because that's so important, obviously, to keep your brain um, as focused. But I just want to wish everyone happy holidays and anyone has any questions about law school or undergrad um, or anything law school related please feel free to reach out and i hope everyone has a great week and i'm excited to head back to north carolina for the next trimester and i'm wishing everyone well thanks for listening